how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Make sure to also check out Freelancer Class, where you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money online as a writer, marketer, designer, virtual assistant, accountant, or salesperson. Stay tuned after the show to learn how to get access for free to this $99 valued freelancer course, along with some other free items on our website, creativeprinciples.live. Netflix has been pushing the envelope with their new releases, and after 13 Reasons Why, which shined a light on teen suicide, comes the Sundance Grand Jury Prize-nominated movie To the Bone, which highlights the brutal truth about eating disorders. To the Bone is written and directed by Marty Noxon, perhaps best known for her work as writer and producer on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She explores issues that she herself once dealt with. The result is an oft-times dark, sometimes funny story about Ellen, played by Lily Collins, a young woman battling anorexia. Noxon describes getting beneath the surface issues, writing based on your own life, and leaning into your idiosyncrasies. In addition to the audio format, the print interview for this conversation is available on Creative Screenwriting Magazine's website. Noxon is also currently working on the two shows, Diet Land and Sharp Objects. In the store, in the world of independent film, um, it's a pretty quick one. I, I mean, on on kind of the one hand, I've been thinking about writing about this for years and years and years, but I I didn't actually try to write it until I was, you know, until I had a pretty good idea of what the film would look like. Um, so I wrote it about four and a half, five years ago. Um, and then, um, you know, took, we took some time before, you know, all of myself and the producers were ready and I had a break in my schedule and then it fell together pretty quickly. I read another interview where you said you wanted the film to be truthful yet not exploitive. How did you kind of, uh, walk that line with the writing? Um, I mean, I think that, um, there was a way to be, um, to treat it sort of superficially, I think, and not to try to get under like what the, the, the causes of this, um, kind of, um, problem are. And, and I wanted to, to show what the disorder looks like, but to really get underneath why the why, you know, to get to the why of it. Um, so it wasn't just a, like, look what this looks like. <laughs> um, but, but really to get, you know, to go to the next level. Um, I feel like too often, most of the things done about it have been TV movies and, you know, they kind of deal with the surface issues of, you know, control and, you know, body dysmorphia. And, and, and to me, those were parts of the symptoms. Um, and, and, 
but the true cause is, is much more interesting to me. Like, why does somebody choose to be so um, divorced from what's going on in their life? Like to kind of pull themselves out of the stream of life, which is in effect what this does. Um, you're not really one of the living anymore. Um, so, you know, why? <laughs> uh, there's been some online backlash. Why do you think so many people are worried just based on the trailer that the film about anorexia might romanticize the disorder? I think that, you know, we're in this really interesting moment of um, extremes. Like, we're, we're, you know, we're we're on the one end, we have, like, extreme insensitivity and extreme, like, the kinds of things where people in public life are saying things and, and getting away with them where you're just like, that's that shouldn't be okay. And then on the other extreme, there's this concern that we need to police everything in case it's in any way um, offensive to any single person. <laughs> um, and and really in making the film, I think we tried to find that middle ground where, you know, every story deserves uh, a space to be told in. Um, and this is, you know, it's really personal to me. It's, it's related to my story. Um, and and the truth is like no one no one has to watch it. <laughs> um, so, um, but it, but it is interesting. Like on the one hand, some it feels like some things are held to no standard, and on the other hand, things are held to such an extreme that you sometimes feel you're not supposed to talk at all. Um, and and I think this that's one of the problems with eating disorders is people don't understand them. So. For me, I wanted to tell my story in, in the hopes that um, it might shed a little light on what it was really like for me, you know. How did you go about um, casting the actors and actresses for the film? I've read that I think Lily Collins have, has spoken publicly um, about having a disorder in the past as well. Was it important to find someone to connect with in that way? Um, I didn't even know that Lily had, had been through it. Um, so it was actually just a surprise in meeting her that she had such a personal connection to the material. I mean, this was a part for an actor um, uh, who could relate to it, but but I never thought that it, it would be or should be someone who'd been through it. Um, the fact that she had and that she was well into her recovery and felt like it was something she could do and do safely um, was obviously wonderful because we could speak that language of having been there together. Um, and also we were both in recovery, so we could talk about recovery and, and, and check in with each other and make sure that even though we were touching on some, some difficult things that we both felt okay. Did you um, base any of the writing or the story on other addictions as well? So it connects with other people with other types of problems like this? Yeah, well, I mean, I, um, I could relate it to other struggles I'd had with other substances. Um, and I felt like for me, part of the question I was asking as a writer was sort of what I talked about before, like why at certain moments was it so hard for me to be in the moment and why was I trying to, to create some barrier between myself and, and my feelings. And, um, and then I started to think, well, this isn't really that different. Um, when I was denying myself, you know, food is not that different than using something else to, to distance myself from, from the world. So I thought it was a way to help people understand that, that it, isn't, it isn't very different than 
other substances that people abuse in order to, to you know, block out some feeling. <laughs> so are some of the, method, uh, the methods by Keanu Reeves' character, Dr. Beckham, are those based on real group sessions and, and things like that that have been successful? I mean, it was all based on my own, um, my own treatment. Um, I had a doctor who, you know, many of the things that I showed really happened um, in, in different ways. But, um, you know, that was his, his um, the, what he thought was best for me was to let me um, to sort of take the focus off eating or not eating, um, you know, what I was doing around food and, and, and really focus on, on who I wanted to be and, and how that behavior was really standing between me and the rest of my life. Um, so that was what he did for me. Yeah. Without giving too much away in the end, it, it seems like those with any type of addiction, they really need to want to get better. Are there some steps that those around them can take to just kind of guide them in the right direction or is it, or is it kind of a lost cause until they make the decision for themselves? I think that um, there are all kinds of um, recovery. At least for me, I needed to have my own um, drive and moment of clarity. Like I couldn't do it only for other people. Um, you know, I knew my parents were suffering. I knew that the people around me were were going through stuff, and um, it made me feel terrible. But that wasn't enough. Like I had to find my own will to, to fight this thing. Um, but I don't think that's the answer for every single person. I just know that's what worked for me. I think the, the important part is that, um, you know, if people start talking more about this, that, you know, that will encourage them to, to, if they need help to, to seek some answers and talk about it. There's somewhat of a dream sequence in the third act. Um, how did you kind of come across this? Is, is it also, was it meant to be triggered with a like starvation hallucination as well? Um, well, it's kind of twofold. I had a, an experience that was very surreal. I had kind of a textbook out of body experience. Um, when I was kind of at a turning point, I had a, uh, you know, I don't know if it was a vision or a dream or um of being able to see myself and, and being aware that I wasn't going to be alive for much longer and, 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 and making a choice to stay and, and fight. Um, so when I thought about that cinematically, I was like, Oh, I don't want to show like somebody floating through a tunnel toward the light. <laughs> um, but then I remembered that when I was younger and it was interesting because a lot of it was subconscious when I was writing the script that um, I'd really uh, related to the story of Siddhartha, you know, in that kind of self-important adolescent way. I was like, I'm going on a journey quest, you know, a, <laughs> a vision quest. Um, but I love the imagery of the desert and then this kind of lushness coming to the desert. So the tree in the desert um, felt to me like a, a lovely symbol for this space where change could happen. How did um, Luke's character come about? He seems like a really pivotal point in the story as well. You know, I'd done some research, and uh, an interesting um, thing that I'd read is that more men than ever are going into treatment. Um, so I was really intrigued with exploring that this is not a disease that um, only affects women. And um, and I was also just intrigued with, like, putting her into a situation where she might have to confront her issues with intimacy. You know, I didn't want... Um, there to be just one reason why she was sick or reduce it to something simple. But I thought that by showing how hard it was for her to get close to somebody, 
um, that would really be a, a good um, a good catalyst into into having to make a decision about what she wanted. Again, without saying too much, do we feel optimistic about the protagonist Ellen at the end of the film? Um, I sure do. I mean, I think that the fact that you know we see that she makes a choice to embrace. Um, you know, uh, to just try, you know, um, I, I, I didn't want to say that the next part of her journey would be simple, but, um, but that it could begin, you know, that there was a beginning to, to, to something new. Did you find it more difficult or less difficult writing something, um, you know, a personal story like this versus some of your other television work? Um, I think this is harder. It was harder to untangle things that really happened and how, how real did I want to be and how much did I want to expose other people in the process, like other people in my family, you know, um, all the characters are, are, are somewhat like people I knew, but they're not the people. And, um, so it was, it was harder, but, um, ultimately, you know, it was, it was really gratifying. It was just different. In terms of writing, have any of your methods changed over the years or do you have any advice um, where novice writers might waste time in the beginning of their careers? Oh, boy. Um, I mean, for me, like that quote-unquote wasted time was all stuff that I, went, you know, I was learning um, through my mistakes. Um, but I think that, um, you know, whatever your particular idiosyncrasies are, the things that you're really interested in, if you lean into those as opposed to what you think other people want, um, you're going to find your way to something that's more authentic, quicker than, you know, I spent a long time in my career trying to write to sell. Um, and it wasn't until I stopped trying that and just started writing for, like, what do I want to see? What, what, what would I, you know, what would make me feel like someone was uh, writing? It, it was weird when I got more specific and more about just writing something that I felt was honest it really got more universal. Um, so I'd say, like, you know, lean into who you are, not who you think you're supposed to be. That's good advice, just in general. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter. We also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook, How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Kerry Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.